Hallelujah. Hey there, everybody. So glad that we can come together again for some good time of faith and the word. And uh, so thankful that the Lord has connected us in these times, in these days. And it is uh, not coincidence. There's no coincidence with our God. There are things that are completely connected to purpose. There are uh, things that he has ordained to be together. No different than a body. There are parts that are ordained to be connected. And there's a supply from both of those parts. And it does us no good to try and go and hitch up because we don't like the part we're connected to. No, it's important. We love the part we're connected to. And we both receive and then we also give and have this wonderful joint supply in the part of the body that he has placed us. And so we're thankful. We're connected. There's a reason you found us in this ministry. There's a reason why we've served together and have been alongside and the, a reason why we have both found this word of faith and he has committed it to us to preach it and teach it and get it out across the earth that all who will receive God and receive our Lord Jesus will see him for who he is. Hallelujah. There's nothing greater than that. To know God for who he is, it doesn't get any bigger and it doesn't get any better. Hallelujah. So you got me preaching already. I got the joy of the Lord all on me and I'm ready to get this good news to you. Take some time. I, I want you right now. Stop what you're doing. We're going to be talking about God who is and who shows himself as our provider. So just take a mental note right now. Are you too provided for right now? Have you been too provided for spiritually and solically and materially that you physically have health, wellness, and well-being? Have you been too provided for to hear any more of what the Word has to say about it today? Giving you a moment. Have you been too... Uh, you may have heard some great things about how God is our provider. Have you heard too much? Have you heard too much about how He is, not person, place, or things? He is our provider. We're going to get into this. We're not just, not my opinion, not what you might think about. We're going to go to the scriptures. We're going to see what God would say about it. And together, let's pray because the only way we're going to see it right is by the helper. It's by the Holy Spirit, and He is the teacher, and He's going to help us today. So let's pray together. Father God, we come to you, and we're asking for your help. We're asking for supply of your Spirit, and for your grace to abound towards us, that we would know, and do, and speak, and trust, and love with the ability that you give by your very person on the inside and on us and our lives. We thank you for committing yourself to us in the way you have. You are wonderful. And Father, we uh, believe we receive right now by faith this helping. And yes, sir, and asking as we go forth from here, that we would have your grace continuing to abound and continually helping us to submit ourselves to you and to your way that you may continue to abound towards us by your grace and enable us 
to not just hear what you have to say about this, but to commit ourselves to it and to put it into practice. And as we do, we thank you. According to your word, you said we will be blessed in what we do. We thank you for it, Father. And when the blessing is seen on our lives and the goodness flows and all round about us see it, we will lift our hands and we will be honest and we'll say, it's the Lord. It's glory to God. Apart from him, we are nothing. We worship you, Father. We thank you for this helping and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the righteous can come in bold as a lion, can come right to the throne of God and receive from him like a tender father. You don't have to be afraid of him. You can come gladly to him. Hallelujah. So I'm excited about these aspects of ministry, and I'm more excited about ministry today than I ever have been. And I'm thankful. I know this is happening in, in my elders. This is happening in those our partners and those that are connected with us and, and fellow ministries we're connected with. I am excited for you guys. I'm looking at you by faith that these are the most enjoyable, most exciting days for service, for worship to God and doing what he shows you to do. The most enjoyable, the most excellent, the most exciting days for ministry we have ever experienced. Hallelujah. I sense you get that by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's go in our Bibles. And we are going to be looking at God as our provider. And we're going to start in Genesis, the 22nd chapter. Genesis 22, we're going to start right in verse number one. Hallelujah. And again, I'm going to ask you, have we heard too much about God as our provider? Have we seen enough of God's provision in our lives? Have we seen enough to be good for a lifetime? Have we seen enough of his provision that we don't need to feed our faith on it today? And if you answer yes, no condemnation, okay, great, continue on. But if the answer is that we can see more, then stick with in true faith because we're going, I, I sense the Lord quicken this to me about these messages because this is not going to be alone. Uh, that as he starts to show who he is through the scriptures, it's going to not just be words preached and taught by taught the word of God, but that he is going to impart himself to us. That as we start to look at him as our provider, you and I are going to experience him in a greater way as our provider. So look at your circumstances right now. I want you to take a good look. Look at where you're living. Look at what you're eating. Look at what you're wearing. Look at any part of the provision. Look at what you're seeing spiritually right now. Look at your mind and your emotions. How stable are you? We're talking about every aspect of provision. I want you to look around real good because that is going to change drastically. If you and I lay hold of this and hold on, we are going to see him as our provider. And we're going to see some big changes. We will experience him as our provider. So now let's look at this. Genesis 22 verse 1, and it said, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now the scriptures in James tells us that God 
uh, does not tempt with evil. He doesn't. He's not tempted, neither does he tempt any man. He does allow us to be tried and to see what is in our heart, to see and prove what's there. He's pleased by faith. Well, faith is of the heart. He's have, he has to have a way to see whether there's faith there. And so in trying times, faith is tried and our hearts are tried. And it's like it's going through a fire. And when a precious metal goes through a fire, it's, it's determined. Is it pure or not? Because if it's not, it can't stand the heat. It can't stand the process. But when it's pure, when it's true, it can come on through and be untainted, unaffected by no matter how much heat and pressure is put upon it. And that is our faith, my friends. That's our faith. And so he is being tempted. It said, God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And Abraham knew the voice of God because he said, hey, Lord, behold, look, I'm here. Behold, here I am. And he said, take now your son. So God's given Abraham direction. He's given him direction. Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and get you into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell you of. So he's telling them this son. Now, let's just take this for a moment and, and put our mind on this. Abraham has been believing God for 20 plus years for this son to even be born. And year after year, he's holding on to this promise that he's going to be the father of many nations, father of many nations. And this is going on and on and on. And the day comes. Hallelujah. And this son is born and the promise of God is fulfilled. And now we're coming some years forward and God's saying, yeah, that son, you've believed me all your lifetime. Well, I shouldn't say all your lifetime, but all those years for give him to me. And when that comes to your mind in the flesh, you're thinking, what a waste. All those years, I believed all these years, all these years, and now we're going to lose it all. Now it's going to be all gone. What a waste. What's the point? Why have done all that if it's all gone? This is the carnal nature. This is what the enemy does all the time, bringing thoughts, bringing images, imaginations to come against the good thought of God and what God has said. No, because God said, you will be the father of many nations, which means Isaac must live. God had told him it's going to be through him. It's not going to be through the child that was, was born through your, your maidservant, not through Hagar's child, but it will be this promised child. So Isaac, Abraham is seeing this and realizing this. Isaac has to live if God is going to do what he said he was going to do. And God cannot, let me, let me say that, let's say it together. God cannot lie. If he said it, he's going to do it. And so Abraham seeing this and he's thinking, now God's telling him, go to the mountains here and I'm going to show you. So he's being directed to go in this direction and faith is going to take a step and go, not knowing which mountain, not knowing how far off. You're going to go in that direction, and as you go, okay, yep, now you're prompted to go this way. And now, and this is how faith is working. And so Abraham, let's see what he does. Third verse says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning, 
he saddled his donkey, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he claved the wood for the burnt offering. He cut it down and got it prepared. And he rose up, and he went to the place of which God had told him. So understand, God is telling him where to go. As he's going, he's receiving direction. This is for us as well. And so then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. He sees it in the distance. And Abraham said to his young men, You stay here. Abide you here with the donkey. And I and, and the lad, me and Isaac, are going to go up yonder and we're going to worship and come again to you. This is faith words. This is a faith response. He is saying, hey, me and this young man, me and my son, we're going to go up. We're going to worship God. And we both are going to come back to you. Now, I want you to hold your place right here. I'm going to read to you Hebrews 11. I'm going to prove to you why this is a faith response. Hebrews 11 gives us good uh, uh, visual as to why. These words will paint a picture for you. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11. Um, you stay there. Hebrews eleven seventeen, 17. <clears throat> and it said here, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried. Again, faith is to be tried. He offered up Isaac and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called. This is Abraham is trusting God. As his provider, God said he was to do this. He was to be the father of many nations. So, so Abraham is choosing to trust that God who promised would also provide. And we're going to see that more. Now here, 19th verse says, after, well, let me go back to the 18th verse. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from where also he received him in a figure. And in this, we see the very uh, faith prospect that Abraham offered to God his son and was believing God to raise him from the dead if needed. And this is the very thing that allowed you and I to be risen from the dead from that old way of life, from that lying and cheating and stealing and adulterous way, leave it because it's dead. That resurrection power is what Abraham is believing for right now. That even if he has to sacrifice his own son here, God's raising him from the dead. Hallelujah. And this is how it is with God. When you and I give God something he takes it and he puts it into our lives in this time to come. And because Abraham, his friend and his man, would trust him with his son and trust him to raise him from the dead if need be, God did it through his son. And Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus himself was sacrificed for us. Jesus allowed himself to be taken laid down his own life, and because he did, he did rise from the dead, and everyone that calls upon him rises with him to live in newness of life with the very life of God and the power that's in it to work in us and through us to the glory of God. 
Now we see this very, going back here to Genesis 22, this is what Abraham is trusting. He's trusting in God that if it need be, he'll raise his son from the dead. Six verse says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and he laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. So notice Isaac sees this, doesn't see any offering, no animal to be offered, and he is willingly going. And this is the same thing we see with Jesus. Jesus willingly, he laid down his life. This is what Isaac is doing here. He is willingly going. And so Isaac is, uh, both of them are going together. And Isaac spake to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire in the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And what did Abraham say? And Abraham said, my son, say this with me. God will provide himself a lamb for the offering. God will provide for himself. There's absolutely no pressure on Abraham right now to provide. He's not his own provider. He can't. It wouldn't be sufficient. But God will provide for himself. Hallelujah. If God dealt with us to be in that town, he'll provide for himself a place for us to stay in that town. If God dealt with us take that job, he'll provide for himself the means to fulfill it, to do it, to eat well, to be clothed well. God will provide for himself. We are not to be our provider. No, no. We're going to fall short if we try. And that job, that channel, that investment, it's not enough. There's going to come a point in time it is going to fail. The only sure source is God, our provider. He's the only way. Let's continue. You're going to see this, my friend. Stick with me in faith. And uh, he said, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together, ninth verse, and they came to the place. You know, there's a place that we need to come to. It's the trying place. It's the time in life. Don't despise it. It's hard. It looks like it's costing you everything. It looks like it's giving everything you got. Don't despise it. It's the way out. It's the way through. And when it seems like it's hardest, <laughs> it's just a moment longer that you're going to break right through like you hit the finish line and you win the race. You know, when we, we've had astronauts that have been able to, to reach the moon and touch what is beyond this earth, before they could, they had to break through this earth's atmosphere. And as they're reaching and they're reaching and they're reaching, every part of this earth's gravitational pull is trying to keep them down and trying to keep them out and trying to, no, 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 you're going against the natural law of this earth. You cannot, you can't. But then they broke the stratosphere. 
<laughs> Gravity is gone. And they're floating around. <laughs> eating some of that astronaut ice cream. And they, there are certain aspects where it seems like you're at the hardest point. Don't you quit. Don't you stop trusting God. He's the provider. And he's going to cause you to break right on through. Hallelujah. So we see that here. It's getting hard. And they came to this place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there. And he laid the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son. And he laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand. And took the knife to slay his son. He has every intention. Of fulfilling what God told him to do. And the angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, I'm right here. Here am I. And he said, Lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do you anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son. Your only son from me. Can it, be, can it be seen whether you and I reverence God or not? Yes, it can. We, we can look at our life and whether we're doing what he tells us to do, irregardless of how hard it is, and we can determine whether we truly reverence and fear God or not. And it makes all the difference in this world whether we do or not. Now let's look here. Let's continue this out. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> and he said, I, so the angel speaks and tells him, now we know, now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son. Now the 13th verse says, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold behind him a ram caught in a thicket. Caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram. And offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. This ram was there the whole time. Just like that job. Just like that provision. Was right there. In retrospect, this is right in their proximity. They just didn't see it. The provision you need. It's not that far away. You don't have to go leaps and bounds. He's going to provide for you in the place he has sent you. So you don't have to go across the world. It's right there. It's right in your own backyard. It's right in your own town. It's right where he's trying to get you to cooperate and go. It's right in the place. The place of his provision. And so we're seeing this. There it was. The very offering was right there. And <laughs> this ram is just caught. I mean, it goes up and around. I mean, it took some skill. It took something to get up into this mountain and then get yourself caught in this little thicket. This is a complete setup. Here it is. This is what God is doing in our lives. When we allow him we're going to find setup upon setup. It's going to seem unreal how gloriously there's provision. 
in every aspect of our lives. And, and Abraham's looking at this. He sees this ram. And so Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah or Jehovah Jireh or Yireh, which is the Lord who shows himself as our provider. He shows himself as our provider. Means he's looking ahead, seeing all that is to transpire, and provides in accordance with everything you and I don't know, everything you and I don't see. You know, many of us did not see a pandemic coming, but it's not taking God by surprise. He's not looking around at any angels right now going, all right, what are we going to do? I know we didn't plan for this. No, he saw it. He saw what it would do in your circumstances and in mine, and he has already prepared and made the way for you and I. He's already provided it. He's already set it and, and got it caught right there where you can lay your hands on it and get a hold of it and where it blesses you and all that you're connected to. He's already provided it. It's right there. Hallelujah. Now let's, um, well, I'm not done yet. Oh, doesn't the word of God excite you? Hallelujah. And the angel of the Lord called to Abram out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn says the Lord, for because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice. Why was Abraham blessed? Because he obeyed. Why did he obey? Because he feared God. His reverence for God was willing to do whatever God showed him. And it was proof of his love, proof of his reverence. And it was what enabled God to show himself as his provider. And it's the same that will work in our lives, my friends. Now, let's build upon this. Hallelujah. Let's look at 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Let me look at our time and see how we're doing here. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. This is better than any TV show you're going to watch tonight. This is better. This is better than any Facebook scrolling. This is better than all those emails you're planning on sending out and all those messages you're planning on. This is better. I'm going to tell you, this is better. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. We have seen that God is the provider. I think we need to build on it some. And then it would be important to know if he's the provider, how does he provide? We've already seen the way he provides is that he sees ahead of what is needed and what is wanted. And he provides right from that time. He provides from back there. The things you need tomorrow, he's already provided. Things you need next year, and this is the thing, this is why we ask the question, have we heard too much about provision? Why say that? Because you don't know what you and I need 10 years from now. If the Lord tarries his coming, and we're still supposed to get this good news out, you may need an airplane. 
You may need a Bible training college center facilities. You may need multiple vehicles for all those employees that you have staffed. You may, you may need that new piece of equipment for your construction company. That may cost you how much? Where is, if we're looking at ourselves, we're going to be daunted by what we need to believe for because it's not ever going to be enough. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you, my friend. You and I know God our Father, and He is our provider. And the millions, the billions, maybe, maybe we're not there yet, the hundreds of thousands, the tens of thousands, they are nothing to Him. And He has seen ahead. And what's He done, my friends? He has provided. He has seen ahead, and He has gotten it to us. Hallelujah. It's exciting me because there's some big things we need to have in order to do what he needs us to do. And for people to be reached in this earth, it's going to take some big things. Well, that's nothing without God. So now here in 2 Corinthians the 9th chapter, let's look at verse number 8. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it says, and God is able. Is he able, my friends? Is he? We're going to have to make the choice for ourselves in our hearts and minds, whether we believe it. Is he able? The scriptures say God is able to make all grace abound toward us, that we always, having all sufficiency, that's all we need. So God is always enabling us to have all we need in all things. So how much are we lacking? None. None. When he's able to have his way in our lives, then we will have all that we need in all things. But he doesn't stop there. Let's continue. That we, always having all sufficiency or all we need in all things, may abound to every good work. Now, if you and I are going to abound to good works, then it's, it's not enough that we only have enough. If God is only providing enough, but is expecting you and I, us, to abound to good works, then as soon as we took what was just enough for us and sent it out and went, all right, here you go, bless you, prosper, increase, God dealt with us, give it to you. As soon as we did that, guess what? We don't have enough now. If we don't have more than enough, we can't abound to every good work and have all that is sufficient or what we need personally. So the God who is providing, the God who is our provider, He is providing not just enough. He is providing, I want you to say it with me, more than enough. God our provider, thank you Father, you are providing, you can say it, more than enough. And when more than enough is provided for you and I, we'll have all of our needs covered, and guess what? We'll have a whole hunk of extra right here. And we'll go, God, what do you want us to do with all this extra? Where are we supposed to distribute all this extra? And he goes, 
Okay, I want you to do this with this. I want you to do this with, and then we get to take extra and send it and give it and abound to every good work. Hallelujah. This is God our provider. This is how he does it. Now, let's continue in the ninth verse. It says, as it is written, he has dispersed abroad. Dispersed, he's distributed all over. He has given to the poor. Hallelujah. His righteousness remains forever. Now, this is a quote from a psalm. It's a quote from Psalm 112. Let's go there. Psalm 112. Hallelujah. God is our provider. Psalm 112. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Okay. And it says here in the first verse, I'm giving you time to get there. Psalm 112. And it says, praise you, the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord. Well, we just saw that. We just saw that in Abraham, who's the father of those that believe, the father of our faith. And this is something the Lord put on my heart as I was preparing here. He said this. He said, Abraham's response showed he feared and enabled provision. Reverence for God is conveyed in obedience to his direction. Now, this is something I, I think is very key. This is, I, I believe, what the Lord put on my heart. He said, his direction is a directive. It's not a suggestion. When God directed Abraham to go there and to do this, he's not asking him, will you think about it? No, his direction is a directive. It's an order. And Christians, friends, if we are going to be seeing God as our provider, we're going to have to reverence him in such a way that we, we meditate and what we get from him, they're not options. They're not suggestions. They are orders and they are directives. They will be done. We will see to it. We will fulfill it by his help. They're not options. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And he continued here in the in the second verse. Oh, did I skip something, Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me go back to the first verse. It says, blessed is the man or woman that fears, or you could say reverences, respects the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. Are you and I delighting greatly in God and in what he told us to do? If we're not enjoying it, we're not doing it right. No, when we're doing what he tells us to do and his grace is there to do it, you'll like it. It'll be easy for you. You'll enjoy it. And continues and says, his seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be what? Shall be blessed. Con connected with this, let's look at the next verse. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. In whose house? The upright one, the blessed one, the righteous man or woman. And Jesus has made us righteous. We became 
the very righteousness that he embodied. And when we did, we stepped into a blessed life. And this life has enabled wealth and riches to be in our house. And our righteousness, which is God's righteousness, his righteousness endures forever. As long as you and I trust in the one and in the offering that made us righteous, that righteousness will never wear away. It will ever be, it will ever transcend, and will declare and witness God's child, God's man, God's woman, the one whom God is for, the one whom God has justified. Hallelujah. And it continues and says, to the upright or to the just or righteous man or woman, there arises light where? Where is the light arising? In the darkness. In the dark time, in the place where many are not seeing, what are the righteous getting? They're getting the light. In the dark time, where it's hard and things are not going well for many, those few in comparison that are righteous before God, they're getting the light that is desperately desired, desperately needed. It doesn't come to all. It comes to the righteous. It comes to those who seek God and delight themselves in Him. And they get the light. It says to them, the light arises in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Let's go to the seventh verse for time's sake. It says, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. That's a bad news, a bad report. Not afraid of that accident that they're talking about. Not afraid of that disease and disorder. Not afraid of not having enough money. Not, not afraid. He's not afraid of any of these bad news that might come. Why? Why not? Because his heart is fixed. Because he's trusting, she's trusting in the Lord. We know who our provider is. So it doesn't matter what's coming against. You know, people are, are questioning as these things are coming up. The bad report's coming. What is it? You don't have the rent money. You don't have the money for that bill. You don't have the wellness you need to fulfill that job. You don't have what it takes. You don't have the ability to hear from God all the time. You and I are going to have this enemy coming telling us, we don't have it. We don't have it. We don't have it. Trying to bring, bring a bad report, trying to get us to shape how we look at the circumstances. And in all actuality, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God will provide himself. He'll provide for that spiritual knowing. He'll provide for that wellness and well-being. He'll provide for himself what you and I need for the task at hand. He will provide for himself. For each and every part of this, God is saying, I am your provider and I will provide for myself. I will provide for you as my child. I will make sure you won't just have enough to do it. You're going to have too much. You're going to have more than enough. You're going to do it and then you're going to help someone else do theirs. Because I am the Lord, your provider. Hallelujah. Is he, my friends? Is he? Yes, he is. That's why you and I, our hearts are fixed. We're trusting in him. Eighth verse says, their heart is established. 
They shall not be afraid till they see their desire upon their enemies. It says, this is where it's quoted. He has dispersed or distributed. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn, his place shall be exalted with honor. Hallelujah. This is the plan of God for us. And this is directly and connected with what he is doing. He's causing us to have more than enough. All that we need is provided for. And then we have the ability to go out beyond ourselves. To do out beyond and to abound to every good work. This is part of God as our provider showing himself in our lives. Hallelujah. Let's look together. We're going to go to James, the first chapter. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. We're going to experience God as our provider like, oh my, my, like never before seen. You can mark that down. Now, I'm a man. I can, I can just get excited and, and say some things, but check your own heart. Check your own. I'm sensing. We're going to see God as our provider like never before. We shall see it. I'm sensing it. Now, pray about it. Check it out for yourself. See if it bears witness with your heart. Fifth verse of James 1. We've talked about God gives. We've talked about, to some extent, how does he give? This is going to... Uh, uh, give some back, uh, some support to what we have just said. And fifth verse says, if any of you lack wisdom. So the provision we're talking about, I'll say it again. It's in every way, shape, and form. It is for you and I to be provided for spiritually, solically, and naturally. You know, your body needs to be provided for too. There's some certain things you and I need in every aspect and materially. Now, Part of provision, we just saw it, there's a place. There's a, a place of provision, a place where God's saying, go there, and I will provide for you there. You and I can't just make up where we want to go and have the Lord who is our provider work there. No, we have to work together with him. And this is where it comes to, do we reverence him or not? Are we submitting ourselves to him in his way or not? Because that is what is going to uh, enable him to show himself as he is so desiring to want to be seen, the Lord, our provider. So that church he's been dealing with you to go to, get plugged in. The, the teams and the, the ways in which he's dealing with you, go and help out, help those pastors in that way, help them do that. Get, get on that. Do this. Go speak to them. Go be kind and talk to that new coming couple. Get what is this? This is the Lord endeavoring to get us to see him as our provider. Because as you and I step into those things and do what he told us to do, we're going to see more and more. And we're going to be right in the place and the position and, and be in the place of set up where he has the provision right there. And you and I just walk right on into it, put our hands on it. And it not only blesses us in our lives, but blesses many more. The Lord, our provider. The fifth verse says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him, let her ask of God that gives. He's the giver. 
He's the provider. Gives to all. How does he give? Now, this is the King James. I don't know what kind of uh, what Bible translation you have, but King James says liberally. We could say generously. You want to know God as the giver in your life. You want to know God as the provider in your life. You can expect him to give generously. You can expect him to give liberally. What does that look like? He rounds up big time. You ever been something, you know, they'll ask you, hey, would you like to round it up to the nearest dollar? He'll round it up beyond. And this is how he works in us. He'll, he'll endeavor to get us as he is able to be our provider. And as we see him as our provider, we'll come to place, to place, to place where you and I come to this place of provision and knowing him as our provider that increasingly we are enabled to be generous. And this is part of seeing him as our provider. Why? Because we trust this can go away from us. Yeah, it may look like a lot to many. That's okay. Because I know, we know who our provider is. And there's much more where that came from. And he's got us. He's got us. And so it says he gives liberally and he does not upbraid. He does not shame anyone when he gives will make you feel bad about it and it shall be given him now let's look here in yes sir in hebrews the 11th chapter which you don't have to go very far just back on up a little bit hebrews 11 6 hebrews 11 6 hallelujah now as you're going to hebrews well yes sir okay uh i was i'm trying to do too much that's all right. We got time, don't we? More than enough time. And here in the sixth verse of Hebrews 11, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, if I'm expecting you to be my provider, if I'm expecting this ministry's, you know, uh, obligations and what we're to do and our, our meeting schedule and where we're to go minister in these next days, if I'm expecting you, to be my provider and to be my source and to supply all that need, then I'm not trusting God. <clears throat> if you are expecting me to supply all of your need and to pay all your bills and to make sure you have everything you need, then I would be taking place of your provider and I will fail you. At some point in time, I can't do it I am not sufficient and neither are you. We can never sufficiently be the source and provider for any other person. It will not work. Now, the Lord can quicken us and show us and give us a directive. You help them in this way. And then you and I can have part, right? We just talked about that, having more than enough to abound to every good work. Well, part of that, us abounding towards good works, is us having part. In being God's provision and being led of Him, we can have part in Him providing for another. And that is a wonderful part. If you've ever had an experience like that, you know it's wonderful. You see it on their faces. You see, it changes people when you get to give like that. And um, hallelujah. But God, He alone can be our provider sufficiently 
he alone. And we see here, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he or she that comes to God must believe. Now, when you and I are in the presence of God, it's telling us right here by this scripture that we have believed because it's a requirement. It's almost like a, a key word, right? You ever, as kids, you ever had a password before you come on into the clubhouse or something? You go, what's the password, right? And if they don't know it, can't come in. Well, there is a requirement to enter into the presence of God. And Hebrews eleven six 6 is showing us right here by the Spirit of God. There are these two requirements. You and I must believe what? For he that comes to God must believe that one, he is. This means he's living. He's present. Why would you pray to someone who's dead? Why would you pray to a God? Can't hear you because he's dead. He's a stone. He's a metal. No, it doesn't work. No. Worshiping that, that piece of, of rock is not changing anything in your life. And I'm saying that lovingly and respectfully. No, the God whom we serve and our Lord Jesus Christ he lives and he is. And every time we enter into his presence, we are making this acknowledgement and we are, hallelujah, trusting that he is. He's present and he's living, but it doesn't stop there. There's a second requirement. Let's look at it. That he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him every time you and i have been in the presence of god we have acknowledged and what was that other word father because I, I wrote it down it says this in order to be in his presence two things must be done i'm sorry two things must be acknowledged and trusted and those are those two things now notice here this is what I, I wrote down at the Lord's helping. He's not a rewarder to all. This is the place of provision. He's a rewarder to those that diligently seek Him. And when you and I put ourselves in that group, and we, we put Him in His first place, that doesn't mean you have to quit your job. That doesn't... God needs people in workplace. God needs people doing that, having their own business, right? Selling those materials, giving the best service. And at the end of the day, people realize, what's going on with this company? Why are they doing so well? They love God. They serve God. They, they let God have his way in their business and in their home, and right? It's a witness. And it may very well be your uh, part to your calling, your ministry in this earth. God needs people to do what he says do, where he said do it. Hallelujah. And when you and I seek him in that way that we'll, we'll go wherever he wants us to go and do whatever he wants us to do, you and I put ourselves in the position to what, my friends? To see him as our rewarder. This is why I'm going to give you a little shortcut, a little blue, little uh, cliff note. It pays to serve God. 
the best thing you and I could ever do. Find out what we can do for God and do it with our whole heart. Enjoy every part of it. It's the best thing you and I could ever do. The best investment we've ever made. This is it. Hallelujah. And we will find that God, our provider, will reward us. Reward us. Not just later. <laughs> we, I don't have the time to take you to every reference. But you can lay hold to it by faith now. He will reward you here and now. And then he'll reward you then too. And he will bless you here and now and bless you there. He's making your mansion right now. It's there. Don't just take my word for it. If you sought it out, you'd see it. He will do it. He'll reward you here. He will reward you there. You don't have to choose whether you're going to have here or there. You can have both. Hallelujah. Because God is our provider. Hallelujah. Let's go together. Yes, sir. For time's sake, we're going to not look there. Let's go to John 15. John 15. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you excited to see God and experience Him as your provider like never before? Oh, hallelujah. I'm sensing, friends, we will see it in these days. We will. 15 verse 7. <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And it says, hallelujah. Part of the provision is you and I will have his fruit of the Spirit. That wasn't, I have his joy and his peace and his faith and love. And I have his patience and I have his kindness. It speaks to this world. I, I, can't, I can look at even today. I had to do some things and deal with some people. And they. I can think of more than one person even now that remarked about my kindness. Remarked about my patience with them. And... They may not realize it. I was witnessing Jesus. You are witnessing Jesus every time that we have more than enough fruit of the Spirit. We can, we can give some patience away. We can give some kindness. Why? Got too much kindness. It's got too much. Got too much joy. I can give them a good smile, right? I got more than enough for me. I'm sufficient in joy. I just got extra, so I'm going to give them some joy. This is part of the provision. You and I having the grace of God is part of the provision. It's part of God as our provider. Now, we could spend days upon days talking about this, but I sense you're getting it. He's quickening us to see it and to know it. And it's amazing. God is making up for a lot of time. He is helping us more than I know that we can even realize. So, first number seven, and it says, Jesus is speaking and he said, if you abide or live in me, there's no greater place to live. <laughs> living with Jesus, living with God the Father. He said, if you abide or live in me and my words abide or live in you. Well, see, we won't go anywhere past God and seeing God than living in his words and doing what he said, both uh, by what he's written and by the leading of the Spirit, 
because the Spirit of God is going to say some things. You know, not everything's black and white in our life. What job you're going to take, what spouse you're going to marry, there's much that's gray area. The only way you're going to have the word for it is if you and I learn how to have the provider speak to us and show us where it is. He had to do that for Abraham. Showed him what mountain, showed him what area of that place. And he's doing the same for us. He's showing us where. He's showing us how. It's part of the provision. And so if if Jesus is telling us, if you live in me and my words live in you, you shall do what? You shall ask what you will. You could say, you shall ask what you want. You shall ask what you desire. Notice he didn't say, you shall ask what you need. You shall ask, right? You shall ask for just enough, right? Because that's all the plan of God. That's all the will of God is that you just have enough. No, no. He supplies all of our need according to his riches and glory, Philippians 4. He supplied all our need. He has taken care of supplying our need. Jesus told us, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added to you. You'll have what you need to eat. You'll have what you need to drink. You'll have what you need to wear. If you seek God's and his first and do what he tells you to do right there in that place, then you can expect he has provided and you will not lack what you need. So Jesus is telling us, don't ask what you need. Ask what you want. Ask what you desire. What would you like to do? What would you like to have? Yes, that's okay with God. If it's okay with a grandparent to bless their granddaughter with a, a doll or with a, maybe they want a bike and they give them a tricycle, right? They give them the training wheels and the whole intention is training wheels are going to go soon. My baby girl, she's going to learn it quick and she's going to be off, right? She didn't need that bike. She didn't need that doll. You trying to tell me it's not okay to do that? No. No, how much more God? He's not just concerned with your needs, my friends. He's concerned with the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. And, it, and so Jesus is telling us, ask what you will, and it, what? It shall be done to you. And he continued and said, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. And so as disciples of Jesus, it is evident when people look at our lives, they will see what? Much good fruit. And they'll see us, hallelujah, having what we desire. And the desires that we have because what? We're living in him. They're not wrong. They're not after something that we know is ungodly and unright. No. We would have his desires because we're living in him and his words are living in us. And so the things that we're desiring are good natured and they're wonderful and we enjoy them. And it's part of God, our provider, endeavoring to be seen in our lives as our provider. Now let's look together and we're, I believe we're wrapping up with these. Go with me to Romans 8. Romans 8, 31, but while you're going there, I need to get this to you from Psalm 37. 
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see God as my provider like never before. I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Psalm 37, and you're going again, Romans 8, 31. Romans 8, 31. Let me just read this to you. Psalm 37, verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land, and verily or truthfully, you shall be fed. Don't worry, you're going to eat good. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and what? And he shall give you the desires of your heart. He's the giver of the desires. He's the supplier and the provider of the, of the desires of our heart. He is. Hallelujah. He is. And it continues and says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. How is he enabled to be the supplier of the desires of our heart? It is when we delight ourselves in him. When we reverence him and we decide, hey, that's the way God has prepared for me. That's the way he wants me to go. I'm going to enjoy it. I don't care if I didn't like it last week. I know it's him. I like it today. I'm for it today. I make myself enjoy. I'm going to like this more than anything I've ever liked. I, you can make a change just like that. And you and I can enter into this place where we delight ourselves. We enjoy the ministry. We enjoy the business. We enjoy that job. We enjoy that family. We enjoy where we're at. We enjoy it. And when we do, we set ourselves in position for him to supply the desire of our hearts. Now, let me catch up to you. You're in Romans 8, and I'm coming. I'm coming there. Hallelujah. Bringing it home by the goodness of God. Romans 8. Hallelujah. If you can't preach off of Romans 8, whew, you need another dunk. <laughs> you need another one. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 31. And it says, What shall we then say to these things? <laughs> I wish we had time to, to look at it. There's some good things. If you get time, read it. If God be for us, is he? Is God our provider for us? Yes, he is, my friends. Who can be against us? He that spared not <laughs> his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all? things. He didn't spare Jesus. Why would he spare you a truck? He didn't spare Jesus. Why would he hold back a good job? He didn't hold back Jesus. Why would he hold back food? No, my friends, it's not God holding it back. He is looking. He's already looked ahead and he's already provided. Do you and I trust it? Do we trust it right now? Do we trust he's that good? Do we trust he will? Because he is, my friend. He is. He is. He didn't spare Jesus, and he is not sparing any other good thing. Let's continue. It goes on and says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. 
Who is he that condemns? Someone having something against you wants to cause you to be shamed and cause you to be condemned? Who is he that condemns you when God has justified you? It is Christ that died. Yes, rather, that's risen again. Who's even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession. He's speaking on our behalf, makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us? Oh, hallelujah. Can you see it? Who shall separate us from the provision? Who shall separate us from God our provider? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall pandemic, shall virus, shall no, no, no thing shall separate you and I from God our provider. No thing shall separate us from his provision. None shall persecution, shall famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it's written. Well, let's, for time's sake, 37th verse, no. Nay, I have in the King James, no. Say it with me, no. None of these things, no. You can tell the enemy right now, no, devil. No, none of these things will come between my provider, God my provider, and I. None of these things will come in between him and I. None of these things. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, through him that provided for us. We are more than conquerors. We're breaking through in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He goes on and says, I am persuaded, are you? <laughs> Hallelujah, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That love is love's provision. He has provided of himself and nothing will come between. Hallelujah. You know, God has enabled us to receive him as our savior through the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are many that have not received him as their provider. And they're still trying to provide for themselves. They're still trying to provide for their families. It will never be enough. But today, my friends, I sense we're to receive him as our provider. And maybe you've thought, maybe you've, you've heard these things, but you can track back these past weeks and you realize, I'm not living this way. I'm not living like he's my provider. And you don't have to go tell everybody. You can tell your spouse if you need to, if you need to, to confess your fault in some way, go for it. But you don't need to tell anybody to make it right right now. And I sense God is giving us that, that ample opportunity here. If you would, go ahead and just give him reverence, give him respect, and close your eyes. Look to him, and um, I'm going to lead you. And together, let's, let's make him our provider. Let's make him our source. And when we do, we will not put any pressure on anyone else to be our provision, to be our source, because we'll know who we trust. We'll know who's providing for us.
Father, we do this now. We, we come before you and we thank you. We can see it by your scriptures. We can see it by your word. You are our provider and there's none like you. There's no other uh, channel, no job, no person, place, or thing that can provide and be our source. We want you. And so right now, by faith, we receive you and we say, Father, we ask that you would show yourself to us as our provider, as Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Yireh, the Lord who sees ahead and shows himself as our provider. We believe right now, Father, that we receive this. We take it by faith. And we believe that in these days, we'll see it and we'll know you. We will experience you as God, our Father, our provider. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If you believe that and you receive that, all that's left is to say, I believe I receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, friends, I'm excited. And if you're excited with me, we are going to see God as our provider like never before. We love you. We bless you. We look forward to seeing you soon. Bye. See you, friends. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.